Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is Asandi Arberahini alongside my co-host, Bradshaw Furlong. Not necessarily alongside again. <laughs> We're uh, social distancing here, but we have a guest, uh, Michael Angolano. And usually, Mike comes on to talk basketball, to talk the NBA, uh, and sometimes even more specifically the Cleveland Cavaliers. But uh, right now, Mike, your purpose is something else. You're focused on uh, another sector in the world. Yeah, uh, it just so happens that my my two loves, the NBA and basketball, are both co- sort of coming together. Um, my day-to-day job is in the public health field. Uh, I'm a health administrator in my local health department. I'm also a public information officer. And that's a fancy term that we don't really use for most of the year unless we have something that needs to be told to the public. Um, I control the information that goes in and out um, regarding big, important things. And COVID-19 has uh, really taken the world by storm. And whether it's entertainment or sports or you name it, I mean, working a job at Target, your life is affected by this virus. So that's that's my day to day now is uh, I've replaced my free time writing about the NBA over at Def Pen with staying late at work answering emails, taking phone calls, going on conference calls, and um, trying to sort out the mess that is COVID-19. So you said you had to do with information and making sure the information goes out. Uh, What kind of information is it that you're specifically responsible for? Um, Anything that the public or the media um, consumes. And you wouldn't think that that's a big deal. It's simply putting out a message and letting the public look at it and digest it and, you know, change their lives or ask us questions back and say, hey, what do you mean by this? But there is a lot of misinformation that gets spread, too. And um, it's uh, (laughs) especially in in such a global crisis, it seems that fake news, you know, travels faster than the actual stuff. So way faster. I also have to control um, the fake news that's going around and. um, that's even harder. Um, and and as I'm sure you guys know, with COVID-19, it's not just a health department effort. It's multiple health departments. It's the government from police and fire to local restaurants. It, it takes a team effort. It takes a total effort. So it's not just controlling the information, but it's also working with everybody to push out the same messaging, some consistent messaging. So you're not telling the public two different things. So there's an immense amount of collaboration that goes into this as well. Is it, you know, precautions? Is it like, you know, make sure you guys are washing your hands, don't go outside, social distancing? Like, is it the the stuff that we've been hearing all throughout the news, or is it more so information on, you know, how people can seek help if they feel certain symptoms? Or it's it's all of it. <laughs> I mean, okay. the social distancing is. Um, it's uh, the hot button term that really came out of nowhere. You know, some of those, there's like some words that just 
evolve and come out of nowhere and now they're mainstream like selfie is one that i remember i'm like what the <laughs> heck is a selfie and now everybody knows what that is yeah but it just came out of nowhere now social distancing is one of those same words where it just came from nowhere and now everybody's expected to be like oh yeah i'm just like you know like social distancing um <laughs> but actually having the definition of what it is and the difference between self-isolation and self-quarantine and um things like that self-observation um, it's it's a lot of the terms that the federal government, your state government, uh, your local government are all utilizing and sort of boiling it down. Um, we have to keep all our messages to a certain reading level. So it hits everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's social distancing to washing your hands to, you know, how to manage fear. Um, mental health is, is a huge component of public health. And um, there's a stigma attached to it. And, you know, this affects literally everybody. Literally everybody in the world is affected in some way by this virus. And then that puts unbeknownst stress on you with regards to whether it's your job or um, your kid's now home from school and now you have to take care of a kid and you have to work from home and, you know, maybe you're laid off. And so it's managing anxiety as well. And that's just a huge component to to the spreading of misinformation. I mean, people will spread misinformation if they think that it, there's a shred of truth, if it's positive. Um, right. And just controlling fear is is one of the hardest things that, that we have to do. Absolutely. I'm sure there's people who are spooked in literally every community, you know? Like, uh, I, I could imagine that in a time where, especially you're not leaving your house, you're not going to necessarily talk to people uh, face-to-face, there's less of this uh, this ability to be able to console one another. Now, I know we have social media and being able to kind of relate to people on that, uh, but it, it just does seem like we're missing a certain element of the human connection, and that goes back to mental health, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, what, what I wanted to ask you is, in your community specifically, what is, like, how are you dealing with it personally? Right. Like I know you you work in the sector as well, but but how are you dealing with it? Um, well, uh, being in a college town. Um, Oof. Yeah. The college <laughs> town is, is actually empty right now. It's uh, it's pretty barren and it's really surprising. Um, it's pretty startling to see. And, and I mean, how do I deal with it? I come home and I don't I try not to talk about it. I, I try to play a video game or watch something on Netflix and it just keeps coming back to me. I mean, I feel like I'm having conversations with my friends and it's about the same thing. I just can't get away from it. Yeah. And it's gonna be really weird when this does start to blow over uh, readjusting back to normal life. I mean, look, the bars are closed. The restaurants are closed. All of the fun things to do are not available right now. So really my state government has given me the choice of you're going to go inside and that's how I deal with it. And and I was hoping that <laughs> I would be able to write about basketball. I don't even have the motivation to write about basketball. There's just too much happening too quickly. Um, I don't know what the situation is like for all of you, but in, in the state of Ohio, we're probably going to hit a thousand cases um, pretty soon, like by tomorrow, perhaps if it's, if it's a really bad day. And I know that that's small peanuts compared to some of the other, other states in in the U.S., but yeah. um, it happened really fast. And to, you know, I'm just in a small town in Northeast Ohio, and to have this virus travel that quickly all the way to my small little town is, it's almost, I mean, it's shocking. 
it's it's yeah. startling. I mean, I get emails from city officials saying like, "How on earth did this happen?" And I I'm like, man, I have I really don't know. It just happens quickly, and th- that's just one of the lessons that society's gonna have to learn is that viruses and diseases they spread really fast if they're not controlled, like really fast. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, in Canada and specifically in Toronto, the the situation is not as it, I guess you could call it extreme as it is in the United States because the number the the number of cases that are growing in the states is exponential compared to what it is in Toronto and in Canada. Right. Um, but I mean, I live in a small town, maybe an hour, an hour and a half. Bradshaw knows it. Maybe an hour and a hour, yeah. hour and a half away from Toronto, and we already had two cases as well. So. It's it's actually like you said it's it's kind of baffling to be able to see how quickly this virus spreads. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to talk about the difference between the states and Canada, um, and the amount of information that comes from the United States from different sources. You know, you as much as whatever your political belief is, uh, you know, you get one information from or one piece of information from the president you get another piece of information from the doctor that was behind him i remember seeing that and the mm-hmm. whole situation <laughs> the q a with steph curry that happened actually yeah. recently yeah uh, like where do you find your central hub of everything correct like if i if i'm a person that's sitting in my house for 14 days and i'm trying to figure out okay what's the latest thing that's happened where can i go like what can i do to find that information so the typical chain of command for us here in, in the States, and it's certainly going to be different for you, um, is starting with um, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. That's at the federal level, and it's moving its way down to your state health department, and then it's to your local health department, and then really that's it. I mean, we want people to have like th- uh, three main pieces um, or, or sites rather that they can look to. And there's a lot of misinformation that's that's spread. I mean, the World Health Organization, it's hard to go by the World Health Organization's guidelines or requirements or, or strategies because they have to take into account the world. Right. You know, the world's different in a lot of places. Symptoms are different in, in some places. Um, temperatures are, are different just based on people and population. I mean, there's a lot of things that they have to take into account. So going by the World Health Organization is not our first you know, recommendation just because there's a ton of different factors. But for us in the States, the CDC is the number one spot. That's at the federal level. Information gets posted pretty quickly. Then it should go to your state health departments, which are utilizing the CDC's guidelines typically. And then your local health departments, which they know your location. They know your area. They know your people. Um, they are the ones that are that should feel more like home when reaching out to. And when, when getting information... <laughs> This really goes for basketball too. I mean, you got to check your sources. True. Uh, yeah. Um, ab- you know, absolutely. State, state, local, and federal. Um, in, in not necessarily in that order, but um, that's that's where we're recommending people to reach out to. It it should not be from that one on you know that one pick on Facebook that just went viral. That was, <laughs> you know, if you can hold your breath for ten seconds, you don't have COVID nineteen. <laughs> I mean, that went so. Fa- I mean, my coworker brought it up. He's like, "Hey, did you see this?" And I'm like, "Dude, that's not." accurate that's fake information <laughs> that my coworker had wrong and, and it just spread so you know so fast so you have to check where those things come from uh at the be at the beginning you said that you, you know this you never really thought you'd be a part of something like this or you never really thought you'd expect to be something like this when did it really like 
hit you for the first time that okay this is going to be pretty serious here like not just in your area but for the country as a, for the state as a whole um i think when it hit washington state first mm-hmm. and it hit a nursing home yeah. or an elderly care facility and it mm-hmm. spread like wildfire and couple that with the fact that we didn't we still don't know that much about it we don't, we still don't mm-hmm. know exactly how long this thing lives on surfaces or how it's transmitted you know we don't have exact numbers we don't have exact symptoms you know if you're showing these three symptoms you have covid-19 that's that I, so how fast it spread in washington coupled with the fact that we didn't really know what it was per se or how it started there's still some conflicting reports about where it came from exactly someone said a bat someone said it was made in a lab which is not right either but <laughs> so i think the lack of information coupled with the fact it spread so fast at that nursing facility and that's when we started to really look at it a lot closer and think okay we got to prepare i mean my boss was was telling me we have to be prepared you know we have to start thinking about how we're going to line up our internal unified command to prepare for this as as a city government we we have to be um prepared and that started in february and that was probably a month too late if i'm being quite honest wow i mean i um i i have a girlfriend and she she just recently got hired as a nurse two weeks ago right i mean talk about yeah talk about impeccable timing (laughs) right um and and she's she's not in a, a in a I guess department that would necessarily be exposed to COVID nineteen too often. She's in pediatrics, mm-hmm. although you'd be surprised with pediatrics as well. Um, and they've started having to reuse masks because they don't want to run out of supplies. Right. The yeah. the main issue everybody is talking about is the length and duration that they expect this to go on for. Mm-hmm. Right. And an issue with supplies an issue with the economy, an issue with essentially just getting back to society in general. Do you have an expectation as to when this will end? I know obviously you're not going to come out and say, I believe this will be two months and we'll be done, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Brian Windhorst methodology of predicting, which is not. Um, okay. <laughs> he is notoriously, I don't want to make a prediction. I don't want to say this. But yeah. um, all of the numbers, it, and it's going to vary state by state. I mean, New York is probably at its peak right now, and, and they're getting thousands of cases. California is probably at its peak. Washington state is probably at its peak. But some of those other states, like Michigan's getting hit real hard right now and Pennsylvania's getting hit hard right now, it's going to depend a little bit on your location because everybody's at a different spot. Um, Some are more international than others. I can't believe that my place is now international because it's been hit with this virus, but here we are. Um, Mm -hmm. Here in Ohio, we are predicting, and and this is coming from the state, May 1st is going to be the peak where wow. we could be seeing thousands of cases per day. Right now we see about 150 cases per day at the state level. We could be seeing thousands of cases per day, and that's going to be considered our peak. So wow. when the federal government is predicting that we're going to try to reopen the country by Easter weekend, that's just not that's yeah. just not feasible for, for most of the country. Some parts of the country may be, may be able to reopen because they just don't have the number or the volume. But, I mean – here in Ohio, it seems like the end of May, potentially even um, into June, uh, we could be seeing cases, you know, start to dwindle. When when things will be totally back to normal, that is an excellent question. I I don't know, and it's all about flattening that curve. Everyone's seen that curve all over Twitter, yeah. uh, and 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 how to flatten it. You know, we control when this thing is gonna end. 
we really do. We control when this is going to start to slow down. And it goes back to that social distancing. Have you uh, have you had any experiences with uh, any people that work, like, you know, in hospitals, nurses, doctors? Have you spoken to anybody from that area? I have not. And I would really like to, but they're quite busy. Yeah. <laughs> they're, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're pretty inundated. And um, one of the things that, that we all have to be cognizant of is that these these people are, are the frontline workers. You know, I, I like to think that I am a frontline worker being in public health and working for health department. And while I'm doing more than, you know, the average person or maybe that I that I would have ever thought, you know, I went through this incident training when I was hired at my job and I thought I will never use this because why on earth would anything like that happen in this in this country? Well, two years later, here I am. We're utilizing all those skills and having to do that. So that's a lesson of uh, you know, take advantage of those things when you were taught them and actually take them seriously, unlike I did. Um, I have not had a chance to talk to them, but they are nurses are the frontline workers. They are the ones that need the 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 PPE, that personal protective um, equipment. Um, when this is all said and done, I hope we have books and stories from nurses and doctors, and just you know, just anecdotes, just narratives, all about what this is like because we haven't even hit the peak yet. So right. I would love to know I what mean, the that is going to be. I mean, hospitals in Ohio at about 60%, 60% capacity right now, and we haven't hit the peak yet. Jesus. So I've seen a notion going around. I don't pers- I personally think it's kind of insane. The people that uh, – I think it's a lot of people, and I don't want to just throw out a group of people, but it's a lot of people on the right that believe that we should just let – COVID-19 kind of just run its course for the good of the economy. I personally think that's insane. Do you, like, what do you, what do you think when you hear something like that? It's, um, it's insane. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a uh, it's a short sighted, um, line of thinking and there's some merit to it because while most people who, co- who get COVID-19, 80% of people who get it are going to show mild to moderate symptoms. That's typical cold. You might not even know that you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, if you had a cold in the last month, month and a half, it could have been COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. just too hard to tell the difference. The biggest difference is the shortness of breath, but a lot of people don't even have that. So there is merit to it that it is such a minor illness that people get sick, people come back to work, life goes on. But the problem is that it is so infectious. It's more infectious than flu and it's deadlier than flu. It's going to wipe out a, a nice portion of the population mm-hmm. if if we let it go, just ramp it in you know into the wild. And we don't know if this has lingering effects. We don't know if people have. I, I, there was a study I can't remember where, so no one quote me on this because this is the misinformation maybe. But I saw a report somewhere that said that people who recover from COVID nineteen actually have a percentage of their maximum lung capacity decreased because it yeah. has such an effect on your lungs. And those are the things that we don't want to take a risk of having. You know, we don't want to have 30% of the world's population have massive lung problems in 15 years because we let this run wild because we didn't want to take care of ourselves now. So it's a crazy notion. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a notion to get the economy back up and chugging along, but it's just not feasible. Mm-hmm. I uh... I think it would also kind of create an issue too with hospitals, wouldn't it? Where a lot of people would start having to go to hospitals, and hospitals start overflowing. They have they wouldn't have enough space for all the people Absolutely. that would I mean, have to come in with 
I mean, look at Italy and Spain. <laughs> I mean, they're, exactly. they're blunt, they are shipping in doctors from other countries because they are just over over capacity. And yeah. all those, you know, non-essential, the quote unquote non-essential surgeries that are happening or were supposed to happen have now been put on hold here in the States. Um, dentist offices are, are, are closed because that's considered non-essential. It's, it's really crazy. I mean, they're, yeah, we're treating a lot of people right now. But when we do hit capacity, you're absolutely right. We're going to be trying to fit people on, you know, onto gurneys in the hallway trying to treat them. And that's just not what we want. That's that's not what anybody should want. I mean, the 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 hardest part in all this is, especially for, for guys like us, is that we can't even dive into a sport and just let it consume us. Because even when for the most part, sports seems like an escape from reality, from politics, from the media, right? Mm -hmm. Even the sports world itself has been affected by this. And I think that's something that as sports people, we have to kind of sit back and look at and take with a very serious kind of uh, understand the severity of the situation because of that, right? Mm -hmm. The NBA is also in a sense, I guess we're kind of waiting. We don't know because we've never had a situation where this has happened before. We can't go back to the last time when there was a pandemic and be like, Oh, it'll take, it'll take five months. We'll be back in action. Uh, I, I, both of you guys, gentlemen, I genuinely don't know when we're going to see basketball again. Right. It'll be a long, long time. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not, I don't really have any knowledge on it, but it seems like it's going to take a long, long time. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I I really thought that maybe we would get um, a couple of regular season games toward the end to kind of finish out some some tiebreakers and maybe decide the bottom of the conference or some playoff seating and then go right into the playoffs. But that's looking increasingly unlikely, and we may just go straight into the playoffs, or maybe only the top four seeds um, from each conference would make it in, and and we would have an altered playoff structure. I I don't know. I mean. We're we're still in damage control, and I mm-hmm. can't believe that um, it's only been a couple of weeks since the league shut down. It feels like it's been a year. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but yeah. I'm feeling less and less optimistic that we may even have the season at all. Wow. I mean, is there is, is having the season, or or even have playoffs start in? I don't know, end of July, maybe start of August. Is that even a reasonable expectation just because of how quickly the league would have to turn around and start the next season? Um, I I don't think it's... I think everything is on the table, first off. I, I think the NBA is going to have to get creative if they want to continue to have this season count. And if that means having a Halloween NBA Finals... Mm-hmm. I think that's on the table and then starting the season, you know, February 1st, yeah. I, I think that's on, I think that's on the table. Um, I, I don't think they want to lose this current season. That being said, I don't know what Adam Silver is really thinking. I know that I, I believe the 30 day hiatus is going to run out sometime in April. I don't remember the exact date though, off the top of my head. Um, that's going to obviously be extended and, Again, like I said earlier, it's going to depend on how the U.S. as a whole is coping with this. You know, if we start to see massive outbreaks in every state, yeah, it's going to get pushed into infinity. I mean, 
they may just have to cancel the season. Mm-hmm. I I could see I could see that realistically happen. I, I mean I saw I saw a quote that was released yesterday where the NBA and its owners like the owners are insisting to finish the season and to go into playoffs. Like they they don't want to just throw a season away, especially because then the confusion of contracts and and the draft right. and how that would work. Like technically, would Anthony Davis be a free agent starting July? Like and we continue the season. You know, there's so much that would happen that's really genuinely just never happened mm-hmm. in the NBA. Right. That. Like the league would be in shambles for a good amount of time just dealing with the repercussions of delaying it so long. So I think, I mean, even if the NBA comes back in the summer, I think they do it with no fans. Yeah, I think that's a distinct possibility. And and we do get into that weird gray area of contracts and the draft and free agency. And I know that Wendy had mentioned this on the Hoop Collective, you know, the same thing that you had said, you know, and, and used Anthony Davis as an example. And he'd mentioned, what if the salary cap changes as a result of this without without income, without revenue, yeah. the salary cap changes all of a sudden Anthony Davis's max contract dwindles. Maybe he picks up that player option and then tests the market once things settle or, you know, Giannis doesn't sign his extension like he was planning on because of this virus <clears throat> and then pushes the and never seemingly never ending Giannis out of Milwaukee talk you know, <laughs> further into the future. Oh. There is a lot of gray area. Yeah, I, I generally don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that that uncertainty is what has a lot of people scared. Yeah. Uh, because not only, I mean, we're talking about sports, and sports is probably the most trivial thing when it comes to this whole situation because you have people losing their jobs, you have people that can't go to school, and mm-hmm. and even worse, people getting sick. Yeah. Uh, the proper precautions, as you say, would be obviously social distancing, as everybody has said. Um, w- stay at home wherever it is possible to stay at home. Now, I know, Mike, you probably uh, you're, you're not staying at home right now. You're, pr- you're probably going in and out, right? I'm still going into work. Yeah, I think half of our staff is going to start to go um, and, and work from home a certain number of days during the week. And then that's going to change. Um and alternate every other week. But yeah, the social distancing is, is the number one thing that you can do. I mean, the flattening of, of the curve, everybody has seen the graph. And if you haven't seen the graph, I highly recommend looking up the science that goes behind the flattening of the curve. Um, staying at home quite literally will save lives. And that's a really weird thing to say. Mm. But doing <laughs> nothing will actually save lives. That's that's just the reality of it. Pretty remarkable, eh? You know, all, all this time they tell us not to be lazy and not to <laughs> sulk, but it's actually working to our benefit a little bit. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And continuing to wash your hands and the social distancing and, you know, the definition of social distancing, it does not mean, you know, go hang at your buddy's house or, you know, everybody pilot in the car to go see grandma. That's 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 not social distancing social distancing is quite literally you go outside to go to the grocery store take care of your laundry because in the u.s laundromats are not closed obviously that's considered an essential service um and then you go back home you do your essential things and then you leave 
that is, that is quite literally what it is. I mean, I see people using FaceTime to, you know, hang out with their friends or have wine and movie night via FaceTime. I mean, that's the sort of stuff that's actually yeah. social distancing. It's not you and your three friends on the couch watching a movie. That's 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 not it. And the scariest thing about COVID-19 is that you can be asymptomatic and still spread the disease. And you can be symptomatic for like 10 days, 10 to 14 days, and still spread it. That's why social distancing is important because you don't know if you have it. It's spreading so fast. You staying home quite literally will just burn this out. And that's why a lot of people want the want the government to shut down for three weeks and reevaluate things in three weeks. Because if everybody stayed home for, for like three weeks, this would be gone by the end of April. The whole virus would be gone. Wow. And to think about the people that were on March break in Florida or spring <laughs> oh break God. in Florida. I know. And one of those guys is from Ohio and we don't want him. I mean, someone else can take him. You know, <laughs> one, one of those guys that said, you know, if I get Corona, I get Corona is an Ohio kid. Oh, uh, is that, that, is that, well, he's become uh, like a staple of that uh, video, right? He's had to come out and apologize. Yeah. And I mean, he looks sick in that video. Like he looks ill. And, <laughs> <laughs> and of course he's an Ohio boy. Wow. Well, Les, I don't, I don't know if you saw the video, but around St. Patrick's Day, they interviewed a bunch of kids that go to Queens here in here in Canada, and a bunch of the kids were saying like, "Oh, I don't, we don't care. Like, we're still gonna go out in the street and party, and we're still good." Like, there was one girl who said, "I have a very low immune system, but I self-medicate, so I'm okay." And I just remember watching that video, like, "Oh God, this this you guys, this is so bad." Like, just pay attention. Like, what have, does like, that even mean? Be smarter. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> don't know. But it was oh it was just God. so bad. Like it was all over the news. Now like, this is just awful. Like it just made it made them look so dumb. And and that's part of the problem. Part of that problem was because of people like me at at the government level. It, it was touted very early as a disease that mostly only hurts and infects older people. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. gave people under the age of thirty this sort of self-immunity self-prescribed yeah. immunity to the to the virus you can actually still carry the virus i mean you may not be sick you take it to grandma grandma gets sick and now you have inadvertently just made your grandmother extraordinarily sick i mean that's the sort of thing and that's part of the problem that that the local governments that we're trying to correct that course we're we're trying to create resources and and, and information that show hey just because you're young and have a better immune system does not mean that you are immune i mean there's an 18 year old in los angeles who, yep. who who died? There was a 19-year-old girl in the UK with no underlying medical conditions who died from this. So the notion that it doesn't infect young people is just incorrect. And I really worry that that early report of it not hurting young people is going to kind of stick with us and linger, and is going to be like the backbone for people going out. Like, well, this is why because it doesn't hurt me. If this report that's now centuries old, essentially. I mean, <laughs> so much has happened in three weeks. It feels like it's it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually a really good point. Every day it seems like we're getting new and new and different information, right? Something new comes out about the de- disease. I remember um, at the beginning stages they said there were two strains of COVID nineteen that had been found in, mm-hmm. in two different people, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily true anymore, but I mean, every day it seems like we're getting something new, something new that's happening and you have to kind of stay on top of it. That's, I guess that's the due diligence part as a person staying home. You have to be able to stay up to date on the news, stay up to date 
and just yep. do your part. Yep, from credible sources. Everyone's got to do their part together. And I don't like to leave things on on you know <laughs> a low note, so I always try to bring up some positivity. Um, a, a vaccine for this is in the works. It would be the fastest vaccine ever made. So if you want to look at something positive, we are quite literally making history with a vaccine that will save the lives of millions of people. Um, and personally, I don't know if you all have seen this, but there's been some very outward altruism in in the world that's just coming forth. People being nice to each other and working together and mm-hmm. sticking together and you know getting groceries for my friend or doing this. And um, I, I've seen people with signs out front in their yard that just says, you know, we can do this and and things like that. It's just a tremendous amount of positivity in a very negative time. Oh, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it's kind of interesting to go back and. And I don't necessarily want to see, like, it has been a tough year, right? It has been <laughs> an extremely tough year. It, like, 2020, everybody says how it's, like, the worst year of the century. I, I would I'd be shocked to disagree. I mean, there are a couple of years that you could point out. But this really has been something that everybody in humanity has had to go through. Yep. It's, um, and I guess you're right. It, it has brought some some positivity to it. Any last words other than the positivity that you'd like to kind of say? Uh, stay home and <laughs> wash your hands. If you do go out, um, keep keep those masks and things for the people who need them, the nurses, the firefighters, the police officers, the people who are the frontline workers. If you want to wear a bandana while you go to the grocery store over your mouth, you know, that's that's uh, that's fine. Um, that's, that's not going to change the world, but... It it is some form of protection that will make you happy and 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 satisfy you and and it's better than nothing, um, but don't panic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of resources out there to handle stress and anxiety and mental health problems that are coming from this. We're all dealing with it. You're not alone in any of these things either. There's there's many different avenues and. Um, this is a strange time, but we're going to get through it, and it's going to take a collective effort from on, on the you know humanity as as a whole is going to have to work together to really solve this problem, and um, we're going to we're going to do that. You know, you mentioned washing hands. I've uh, I, I don't even have to go outside to have my hand. I'll touch like a, a door knob, and I'll be like, all right, I got to go wash my hand as soon as I, <laughs> next thing I got to do. Um, I think people are learning that they touch their face a lot. Oh yeah, I I've I realized that very quickly. I, I I catch myself all the time. Like I I gotta stop doing this. I just do it while I'm bored. Yeah. I catch myself like touching my face. I'm like I need to stop. Yeah, I'm a beard stroker, man. I yeah, have me a beard, too. Though. And so like literally, I'm constantly when I'm thinking, I'm playing with my beard. Yeah. And yeah, don't just don't do that. Just stop doing that because. <laughs> Like your beard is literally like hair can can be one of the main, I guess, carriers of yeah. this virus. Right. So yeah. you've got to be careful with that, too. I was, I, uh, I was going to say, I don't want to I don't want to put your beard in danger, but there are some recommendations I, I've seen of people to shave their facial hair oh, to, oh to, to avoid getting the virus, to avoid having that that, you know, extra um, clingy, you know 
exterior piece that that could <laughs> hold the virus and maybe this is just you know anti-beard corporations <laughs> trying to push this anti-beard agenda but um i i have seen that in some places and i don't know how we're going to do that because every barber shop is now closed so yeah. we're going to come out of this virus looking overweight because we've had to sit at home and super hairy because we can't get our hair cut so we're going to be have a have a totally different looking society by the end of this. Not all of us are brawn with a huge weight room and a pool. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be real nice. I would be yeah. fine with quarantining myself. Yes. I, uh, I actually, Oh my God. I, I hate the people that are shaming other people's routines during quarantine. Like just let the guy do whatever he wants. You know, if, if someone wants to wake up at six in the morning and work out, go ahead. Or yeah. if you want to wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon, turn on Netflix and do that for the rest of the day, go ahead. You can do that as well. Like, yeah. don't shame someone for their routine during this type of time, right? <laughs> Ab- absolutely. And I really hate how on the iPhone screen time is still on. Like, I should just turn screen time off. Like, <laughs> I know I'm on my phone a lot. What do you want me to do? There is just nothing else to do. Yeah. Have you been uh, Have you been rewatching any any basketball games or, or trying to watch any? Because I know League Pass. Is yes. Free, right. Yeah. Yes, and if you haven't taken advantage of that, Absolutely. what are you doing? I, oh, I mean, we have, we have, yeah. yeah. If, and if and if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't done that, I very much recommend doing that. Yes, I think I've rewatched Game Seven of the 2016 Finals probably ten times, <laughs> uh, and I have no shame in that whatsoever yeah i've i've been going back and and actually i was having a a conversation with some of my other basketball writers over at at def pen about some about making a compilation list of the best games you can watch on league pass right now um just to kind of pass the time i mean i'm a big baseball fan too and now i don't have baseball i'm going back and watching old baseball games and it's uh it's it's a really weird time yes i have definitely definitely been watching basketball I'm glad you brought that up because uh, Bradshaw and I are going to do an episode kind of talking about some of the rewatchable games that oh, are on yeah. the pass right now, too. Yeah. Um, it's like we watched – what was the game we were half into? Was it the 91 finals with Magic and Jordan? Uh, yeah, it was Jordan's – we watched Jordan's first championship. Yeah. Wow. It's, yeah, it's just I, crazy. I, we've, we've talked about it, how different basketball is and how, like, we watch it and we're like, how did people watch? How do people think this game is better than what we have right now? <laughs> oh my god, I want to bang my head on a wall when I watch <laughs> '90s basketball. Even early 2000s basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it really is. Like um, we were watching, man, what was it? I think it was 2010, and this this is like known to be one of the worst Game Sevens ever, but Game Seven NBA Finals where it was Lakers Celtics. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. It was just, I think the score going into the fourth quarter was like 56-50 or something. Like like mm-hmm. something outrageous like that, right? And it was just so slow. The Lakers shot like 40 free throws and, and won the game. It's just bad, man. It's just bad. Even, even something that not too long ago, 2010, it seems like an eternity ago basketball. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's just striking. And that really wasn't that long ago comparatively in – you know, in the history of the world, it, that's not that long ago, but basketball's changed dramatically, mm-hmm. dramatically. What's what's one thing? I want to I want to finish with a basketball thing. What is the one thing if the season were to end right now? What is the one thing you would be most disappointed about? The one thing that would just make you like, man, I really wanted to see if this would happen. Well, I think mine's kind of. I think mine. I think probably have the obvious one here. 
if the Bucks were going to win a championship. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, could this virus like totally drastically change Milwaukee's ability to keep Giannis? Absolutely. I I, I don't like thinking about it, but I've had to be I've been forced into thinking about it, especially with like you brought up if the salary cap has to change and people have written articles about this and if like that changes the money that Giannis would get and if that changes if that changes how much he wants to stay with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to think about that, but it's now something I've had to be forced into thinking about. Right. Uh, for me, it's probably the fact that LeBron is now getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully this isn't a season wasted, especially because you have AD's free agency looming. And then on top of that, you have an aging LeBron with a roster outside of that that isn't strikingly good, isn't strikingly <laughs> a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would be a real big waste if if that happened and you just skipped out on a season where, you know, they, they were the number one team in the West. Yeah. Well, and, and even worse is there will always be that what if. Yeah. I, I hate what ifs in sports. I just can't Absolutely. stand them. I just can't stand them. Watching... Watching, you know, the Indians blow a oh. <laughs> blow a three one lead. That's all. Oh, hey, are you guys both Indians fans? I I, I don't oh. think Mike knows that, but I am an Indian so. fan. Yeah. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> I'm staring at my Francisco Lindor jersey on my wall right now. That is as Well, enjoy it. Enjoy that. <laughs> uh, that's 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 what uh, the Dolans like to tell us. Yes, that is what the Dolans like to tell us. Yes, I mean I remember watching Game Seven, or I'm sorry, Game. It had been game four of the 2016 World Series mm-hmm. on a wall here in my little college town because <laughs> it was outside of a bar and they were projecting it from the outside of the bar wow. onto the side of the wall. It was awesome. It was also wow. like it was like Halloween here because we do Halloween a week early. And I right. remember I was dressed as Donkey Kong watching <laughs> watching the Indians and I watched Jason Kipnis blast a three-run home run over the, oh, yeah. over the Ivy and Wrigley. I'm like, we're going to mm-hmm. win the World Series. Oh, I thought that I thought the exact I same thought, thing. We're gonna win. We're up three one. We can't blow this. And stupid brain of mine must have forgotten the Warriors did that like five months earlier. <laughs> and oh, I hate what ifs in sports yeah. so so much. So having Giannis like leave, and this being like a what if reason, or LeBron never winning a title again, and, and what if what if this was the last one? Uh, I I just yeah. can't stand that. Uh, what I got from all of that is why is Halloween a week early? Um, I think it's the it, it's the weekend before. So we do Halloween the weekend before. Like if it falls on a on a Wednesday, then it's the weekend. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. It's not like us. Remember when we went to Scranton last year and, and St. We got Patrick's there. Day was a week early? Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, in, in Scranton they do St. Patrick's Day a week before. Like one we full. Had, yeah, like a week, like literally a full week before. Weird. It's just a tradition there. We looked it up after, and it's just a tradition in Scranton to do St. Patrick's Day a week early. So we call that fake Patty's Day the week before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I just – yeah, you're right. I hate the what if. I hate the what if as well. What if. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the thing with the Clippers now is, like, what about Kawhi and PG? They've only been – it's kind of only a two-year rental. In a sense, mm-hmm. I know that they might call it their home for the future, but they're only there for two years, guaranteed. Right. This is wasting one of their years. The right. Raptors, who have an aging uh, team, this was one of their last chances to kind of make a, a fun, entertaining run for it. There's so many what ifs 
that happen if the NBA season doesn't happen again. And I think that's why the owners are really pushing to have this season happen in any way possible. I think the only team that doesn't affect is Brooklyn. Because yeah. next year was always for them anyway. You know, this year was just kind of waiting for KD to come back. Mm. I mean, if anything, it helps them. Like, I imagine, so. imagine, right? I mean, we all know what I'm about to ask. Yep. Let's KD and Kyrie become fully healthy. You start the playoffs tomorrow. The Raptors could get eliminated, right? Yeah, yeah they'd be a very dangerous eighth seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, anything else you guys want to add before we we kind of call it? I am good, man. I mean, yeah, everything but, that I had said earlier, be safe out there be in, and just be smart. Yeah, Man, Mike, also, thank you for what you're doing, man. When yeah, you're, thank you so much. You're, you're not, not all heroes wear capes, man. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the analogy. And, and right now, you're a, you're a capeless hero, my friend, which is well, thank you nothing much. to be. Yeah. Um, thank you. Everybody else? If uh, you're interested in Mike and potentially what he's doing, or if, or if there's any more writing coming along with Def Pen Hoops, uh, be sure to follow Mike. Mike, just throw in your at here at some point. Okay. Yeah. So my Twitter handle is um, my last name. It's A-N-G-U-I-L-A-N-O-M-22. And that's for my basketball stuff. And if you're interested in what I have been mostly talking about on this podcast, uh, a link in my basketball account is to my public health account. So I, I've been very active on there trying to push the agenda of stay inside and social distance. And um, that, that will also be uh, in my basketball uh, bio on Twitter. So if you're interested in that as well, I, I would be, I'd be honored to have more people follow that account. I think I have 11, 11 solid people who, <laughs> who, who, uh, You're about to get 13 after this pod, bro. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Thank you very much, Mike, for coming on. Sure. Brad, as always, wash your hands. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Take care.